welcome to another episode of the streaking the lawn podcast once again my name is pierce and once again caroline's with me today hello darns how are you hi hi uh, <laughs> plenty to talk about um now that we've had a little bit to digest uh, the disappointing exit exit from the uh, tournament for the who's and uh now we're in the thick of this crazy off season of college <laughs> basketball transfer portal um one that I'm sure if you're listening to this, you already know Virginia is going to be very active in having lost <laughs> um, at this point three outgoing transfers in addition to uh, the guys that we assume are, are, are graduating or, or moving on to uh, professional basketball. It's going to so, look like that end to end game. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're not super uh, on top of why this is all happening, um, the the big reason in in addition to the fact that it, this seems to be more popular year after year anyhow mm. with the pandemic year that no one's going to have to sit out for you know a year like normally so that's sort of the extra juice to 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 spark why why this uh, exodus from programs all over the country are dealing this uh, with this UVA clearly not the only one uh, i saw estimates saying you know they they anticipate 1500 students athletes. yeah according to the latest from um brian bennett and my friend sam viceni from the athletic in the most updated march 30th um ranking the 50 best available college basketball transfers and high school recruits story that they have over there at the athletic over a thousand players are already in the transfer portal right so they're they're thinking they might get as high as 1500 or so there's only what 350 so a little more than that uh d1 teams so it gives you an yeah. idea um just like the average per d1 program really what what's going to be for uh, uh roster turnover so the who's are not alone but um obviously it's not news that anyone really likes i think you know you expect some uh some turnover and some transition some guys knowing that it's not a great fit uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll dive into uh the stories from a lot of of what's going on but first uh let's talk more depressing things because we haven't talked about the, the <laughs> loss to ohio so last we left you um you know the who's uh were, were had to exit the acc tournament uh due mm -hmm. to a covid uh test result and contact tracing thereafter and so they had just beaten Syracuse barely. Um, Syracuse, not a bad team. I didn't mean anything by that. <laughs> I was like, but... yeah, hold on. That was actually probably one of, you know, their three wins are well it, it, yeah it was, it, it was a good win for this year's team because they had no good wins you know yeah. uh, if only we got to just play georgia tech every time out <laughs> that could have been their whole resume anyway they, they they made it past syracuse they were supposed to play georgia tech and uh covid did not let them and then they fell for the upset that all of america uh, saw coming um Mm -hmm. lost to the Ohio Bobcats so let's talk a little bit about that loss and uh you know I think that like we're used to dealing with upsets right <laughs> I don't so, I mean you know, there's a few yeah we, I look at this game coming, you know and that's yeah. the really the most disappointing thing is yeah. I don't it's weird like because that's the thing for me is like if everyone I think there were legitimate reasons to expect that this was possible. The first of which is they didn't get to practice for the entire week, traveled mm -hmm. the day before the game, had to wake up 1 a.m. the day of the game, get another COVID test. 
um do their walkthrough and shoot like and, and i'm not and people be like stop making excuses like it's not an excuse. i'm just stating facts like this is what happened um and I, I still maintain that if i didn't like that matchup from the second it was announced um just from the way that ohio plays the connections the whatever um they're a good and that's crap mac team like they're not a garbage team like just because they didn't play well against creighton the next game out doesn't mean that like virginia's extra bad it's just the way that virginia there are a few things that i was very frustrated with one of which was not getting the ball inside more against one of the worst two point shooting defensive teams you know i mean like they give up a lot of twos Mm -hmm. Now, Ohio had a great game plan to give Virginia open looks outside, and Virginia did not make them. Like, they shot 25% from three, which is significantly below their uh, <laughs> their average on mm-hmm. the season. And if they shot remotely close to their average, they win this by 10, 15 points, and it's a non-starter. Now, yeah. you could say if they practice, maybe their shooting would be better. But overall... I don't think Virginia played a terrible game outside of the fact that they sucked at shooting. <laughs> like, you know, and, and I mean, yes, that's a big part of it. Yeah. But the shot selection was there. The <laughs> offensive movement was there. They didn't turn the ball over a lot. They didn't yeah. give up a bunch of offensive rebounds. You know, like the stuff that you would say generally are make a good game or a win. They did those things except converting shooting, which you can point directly at not practicing for a week. Yeah, I mean, that's why they lost, right? They couldn't make any shots, but, you know, the eight for 31 from three point. Um, I, I don't think Ohio is any good. I don't see anything in what, you know, they played Illinois close. That's their best result. And then they won the MAC tournament, which, yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, 20, I think Virginia 20... beats that team 99 times out of 100. Yeah, exactly. Like, so... this just happened to be the time when you got them. And not only that, the foul trouble that Jay got into, the mm. guy that they needed was Justin McCoy, who unfortunately was the one that was behind at home, which I feel devastated for him. Like, and yeah. I know that he didn't, like, none of this is, like, nothing is his fault. I'm not blaming him. It's just the guy that you needed in that specific situation. Like, I think he would have been fantastic against this team because they, he was yeah. the guy that goes at the boards, that gets offensive rebounds, that can put it back or can drive and get a bucket at the rim. Yeah. And they didn't have that and they yeah. needed it. It was a big loss. Um, obviously not, not having McCoy and, and you, like you said, I mean, the results sort of dictate the, the importance of, of McCoy's part in the roster and, and shooting uh, being impacted by not practicing. I mean, UVA should beat that team comfortably every time. Um, and they didn't cause they didn't convert their shots. Uh, it was nice to see them not turn the ball over and over and look, you know, rattled. This wasn't like uh, the UMBC, you know, just got in their heads and, and UMBC made every shot and you're just sort of going, oh my God, what's going on? And yeah. and, and never really recover um, in the second half of, of that UMBC game. This was very different. They just, they had open shots and didn't make any of them. Ohio didn't really either until that until sort late. of run yeah. in the end of the second, you know, towards the end of the second half that, that put it out of reach. The most disappointing thing, obviously to, to me is the, the lack of any adjustments. I mean, you know, they're going to go, okay, well, we should, we're, we're a good shooting team. Um, so let's do that. And that's our game plan. And uh, it, it never worked. Um, so I know a lot of times you try and shoot out of the, the shooting slopes. Yeah. We saw that from Hauser a lot this year is, is starting a game a little rusty and then sort of finding in the second half. 
Um, but unfortunately for the Who's, uh, yeah, that was his worst, like one one of his worst, if not the worst. Went one for six. Uh, Trey Murphy's the only guy who seemed like, uh, you know, he he was going to score. I mean, Hauser finished with 15 points because he made his free throws, but uh, Trey's the only one who shot pretty decently. And he only took two, one two point attempt, though. That's like mm -hmm. where I'm, that's where I get frustrated. And it's not, look, it's one of those like when the guys shoot the way that they have over the course of the season Mm -hmm. and get those looks, I don't necessarily hate that they take them. But it's also the idea of at a certain point when that's not working. You, and, and it just combined with one of the horror and there's never I saying ill-timed scoring drought sounds stupid because there's never a good time for scoring drought um but they had 10 minute scoring drought yeah when then Ohio so I will say like I don't know if this is where you know I'm, this is I'm not anyway saying like their coach adjusted look but Virginia was doing an outstanding job on Jason Preston as the ball handler. Yeah. Reese Beekman was fantastic. They had really great minutes from Casey on him and he finished with 11 points and he did a, he had a double double at 15, 13 rebounds, something like that. The kid's really good. Um, but they were able to contain him when he was the primary ball handler, when their coach mm-hmm. moved him off ball, that's when Ohio started getting their success, like hitting, mm-hmm. you know, he was able to date more, um, and it's harder to guard somebody. I mean, look at Joe Harris. Like that's why he's always cutting my head or Kyle guy. It's hard to guard somebody when they're able to move off ball like that. Um, and so I, I thought that was, you know, and they hit some threes right. from like middle Preston of nowhere. Isn't what beat them. I mean, you know, they held Ohio no, it, in, in check. Again, and, it was and the shooting. Or made enough it was the shooting. shots. But what I was going to say is they didn't, UVA didn't do anything to play to any advantage that they had. They went right, out and said, which we're is going to not taking it inside three or three pointers and, yeah. and missed all those three pointers and never tried anything different until it was panic time, you know, or, you know, urgency time until yeah. it was okay. We have to score right away or, or we're going to lose. And Beekman takes the ball as in the first half we were tweeting, wow, Beekman could beat this guy off the dribble. Anybody they put on him, they can't keep Beekman out of the lane. And then the first half, and no, nothing until urgency time. And he does the three straight possessions that they score on. I mean, you know, it's it's a little too little too late. And then the, the backbreakers, Kihei tries it in the fourth possession after those three Beekman ones, and it didn't work. Um you know, they, they could have played to their superior uh, roster a little more uh, aggressively. Um, you know, I, I, who, I, I don't think Tony's sitting there going, don't try, you know, or anything yeah, like that, obviously. So you, you don't know what kind of limitations they feel. Yeah, I think it's a team we say every year that seems to, to be a little um, uh, passive and trying not to make mistakes. I mean, that's obviously preached by the coaches, take care of the ball, be purposeful on offense, find a yeah. great shot, things like that. So, you know, you sort of see that, well, wait a second mode. And that sort of, I don't know, did yeah, uh, amount to, 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 to them just saying, we're going to try and do what we do best and, and what they were doing best and work. I just would like to see them try something else, you know. I yeah. think that's and I think after the game, they were all like, "We settled into taking threes. Like, exactly. no, not, no one's surprised. Like, they'll learn from it. And in, in my, it's I don't know. I, it's, it sucks to lose, but I'm, at the same yeah. time, at this season, I just have had a really hard time, like, really getting angry about anything. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, sure. if they, it, it, maybe it's, you know, the stops and starts and the whole, you know, global pandemic that's killed over, you know, 500,000 people. Um, 
but just like if they have a week of practice do i think they win yeah can we change any of that no does like does this change how much you and i can change at all yeah (laughs) does this change how i think about tony bennett no like is this still a good program yes like does the last you know I, i just even with all of the ups and downs and you know we talked on end about the defense not being as good as it was years previous Mm -hmm. and all this stuff like all of my hand wringing and all of the you know and again we've said this before it's not to say that don't criticize things like there are things that can be fixed and um those need to be addressed and I think that the experiment of having all of your good shooters be in the front court is not ideal I guess you know like I mean, it, yeah having yeah. three guys that shoot 40 percent was awesome but yeah. also at the same time like when you're pulling Jay out and he's shooting 40 percent like in shooting threes and they don't go in you don't have anyone in there to tip right. it out you don't have anyone to you know if he's trying to take that shot he's not you know working with his back to the basket and doing the turnaround the hooks that he can do um so I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they change the offense and tweak it. And the people have said that they don't tweak the offense. I, they, I don't think they're paying attention, but anyway, um, there are slight changes that they're making and doing stuff. So um, I think it ties in a lot to obviously what we're here to talk about with the roster turnover and the transfers yeah. is the, it's sort of the same story arc to be frustrated by as fans or to be, uh, you know, in, in, condemning as a you know sports talking head who's who's upset with uh how virginia runs a slow pace or or things like that is what did they need was some sort of aggressive attacking scoring and they only got it a little bit again from beekman and not enough the rest of the game uh kihei gets aggressive and doesn't work the second half of this season because teams know he can't score over the big guy in the lane so they know to stay in the shooters you know what i mean uh somebody who has the ability to finish a little bit better um you have to come in and so that opens up those shooters so that's really what was working for kihei early on when and you know he he had the space to score or he found the passers or the shooters with his passing for whatever culmination of adjustments people put on him it it didn't really work the second half of the season you know and so these guys who you would think have the physical or skill set to be successful in attacking are now all transferring. (laughs) So that's my whole point. Rambling point is we see what the team needed and now that type of player are are the ones who, who are entering the transfer portal. It's sort of what Casey brought to the team, but you know, never clicked. Uh, it's yeah. certainly I mean, what we he think definitely is could end up being the person that was their driver. It, it, I hate, I hate the train. Like I hate transfers only because I'm sad when people leave. Cause the, like having talked to some of these players and, it, and I didn't talk to Jabri much because we, this season being what it is and weirdness, we didn't get one of those opportunities in the open gym where you get to walk up and talk to anybody. But Casey is a nice kid, you know, like I just, it's a bummer that it didn't work out. And it's a bummer. Like Justin McCoy is a nice kid. Um, but you know, like the stuff that Casey, like where you wanted to click, like sometimes you just fell into that. You know how I feel about long twos. Like that's where they needed Casey to continue to the rim and, you know, take it harder and make those types of plays as opposed to step back twos or what. Right. And, and you're right. This is, I'm just going to tell people now, 
don't try and make any assessments of what you think this team is. We've already started getting the tweets to the official, to the STL account. Like this team's going to shit. Like don't, like you don't, no, no one knows this. Like they're going to get transfers in. Mm-hmm. And I, I am in the camp. I don't think Trevor Keels is going to commit to Virginia. Um, but yeah, he's, he's not. So let's yeah, just move, so on, let's, move on. Everyone, that. Yeah. you know, will then call that a huge miss again. <laughs> like it's one of those, like, would you rather be, lo- you know, it's better to have, loved and lost and never loved at all it's kind of like would you yeah. is it better to be in the top four and not get the recruit than never be in no, the top four we've at seen all it. no i mean look at look at uh johnny juzang look at uh and, and uh, look quinterly. The, the, like these are all guys sure but why didn't quinterly come to virginia what is what is the because he, there's literal like fbi allegations that he was that yeah arizona paid to have him come there so i don't consider that a recruiting miss. But he didn't go to arizona <laughs> Right, because of the allegations about being paid. He then went to Villanova and then transferred to Alabama. So I don't consider Quinterly the only one that that they've missed out on, you know. No, I'm not saying that, but when people sit there and watch like Johnny Juice, like there was there's only so much you can do sometimes, I think, when the big boys come in. Yeah. And Cal swoops in and says, Come come to Kentucky, like at a certain point, like, I don't necessarily think that that's a, rec- I don't, I don't know as much about it. I don't know what these conversations are having. Um, but, and I'm glad that Johnny Juzang has found a spot where he's thriving because I was worried that after what happened, like being pushed to the bench at Kentucky, like that was going to be it for him and transferred out and all that stuff. But I'm just saying like, <sighs> I don't, it, it's they're chapter being cons- three in the same story to me. It's that they're not the same. Of- they're not the same. Five-star guards, these guys that we see as aggressive attacking scoring guards are who these misses have been with largely because it's what the wrestlers needed, right? Like that's, we've, we've had this dearth of like ball handling aggressive scorers on, on the roster since Ty Jerome left really. And so that to me, all it all ties in that type of players leaving. They're not getting the targets that they want of that type of player and it seems like the biggest weakness on the court uh, over and over again. It all, why? I don't know. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not the coaching staff. I'm not the recruits. I'm not the people steering the recruits one way or another. It obviously is part of this national chatter about UVA and, and whatnot. I don't know about that. Look, here, here's what do you the mean other part that it's all, not part here, of here's that the part, what, So what year is Quinterly now? He's a third year, right? Mm. Second, third? So do you think that he also was going to come here and sit behind Ty and Kyle when they still had eligibility until last year? Like that's, it's not just, it's not cut and dry. Like, did you get this person? Like there's so many, there's nuance to these things. Yeah. But if you like, want to list 10 of them, he would you, there's be, still ones you didn't get, you know, Juzang would still reason. also be a soft, like that's, I just think that saying like, just because XYZ is doing well as a junior at another school, which is his third school does not mean that it was a huge blow up ruined like by Virginia. Like that's what I don't get. Like I didn't say it was a huge blow up ruined by Virginia. I'm just I saying mean, that's that type of person is no, I'm saying I understand why Quinterly didn't come here. I understand why Juzang didn't come here. It's near impossible to recruit against the blue bloods, you know, to borrow a Tyson date term. But this type of player continues to not come here. And like I was saying, that's part of this chatter about UVA. I think it fits into uh, the national criticism or what you would call it from sports writers or whoever else. I mean, that's who 
that's who gets paid to put their opinions out there about yeah. you or whatnot. Well, I just think that two years, like, we're talking about like a two year span, right? No, it's way more than you want to go. Well, I mean, through... they've had good guards from <laughs> from Brogdon to to Guy to right. Jerome to Hunter. So like we're we're two years, not even two years removed from the national championship mm-hmm. where we had those people where they were supposed to still be here last year. And then again, I don't know if anyone heard, but there was this whole thing called a global pandemic where affected recruiting and the way that they were able to talk to and evaluate players. Right. But it's more than two years of evidence since that championship you know, big three. I mean, we've, you know, we've been over this a thousand times, but 2017, Marco Anthony's the guard. Okay. So he leaves. Right. And, you know, he was a late sort of like, well, let's take a chance on this guy and see if it works out. And did it. After that, the 2018, you've got, (laughs) I'm going to get to the point about incoming transfers. We even talked about that. Well, as we go through these years, the one nice thing to keep in mind is the incoming transfers you see lists seem to always work out. So that gives me a big, a big glimmer, more than a glimmer of hope because Braxton Key comes in in 2018, right? Obviously worked out. But you've got Kihei, who is our one remaining guard uh, and you know veteran there. Also and so, worked out, so cool. Right. And you've got Statman, who hasn't worked out. That's Who's been ill, guard. cool. Okay, has he worked out? No. Has he shown I mean, you can't anything? predict. You can't predict that someone is going okay, to have a, let's, a, let's move an on illness to, that to keeps Casey them Morsel, from playing in the who's game. Who's also gone? <laughs> I'm just saying, you you haven't had any success bringing in those, you know, scoring guards. Again, uh, we're talking Wolden about Tensei, like sure, you know, another uh, again transfer that's helpful. But now we're into the fourth class, which is 2020. So it's not two years. It's it four. is because again they have to sit behind those people. So you yeah, can't every, we're talking about Virginia is a no, not every program. Not every program has upperclassmen. Don't say that. That's that's not exactly the same. Virginia is a four-year school most of the time. This year changes obviously with transfers and different stuff, but there is a progression of players through the program that continue to play and usually play yeah. more their later years of the school. Most programs are like that. Not when you're considering against Duke, Carolina, Kentucky. Uh, Villanova does I will give Villanova they they had turnover after their second title that was unusual for them but most if we're talking about these like big misses against people that swoop in and take them it's not always their four-year schools that they're competing with when you're talking about five-star guards to come in and play which is also part of the thing that people talk about is because learning the defense and all of that isn't something that might not necessarily appeal to and that's for people to decide on their own if that's what they think is better or not for Virginia. If you want to have one and duns come, I don't know that right. they'll be as successful because of the system. All I'm saying is that looking at one, we also don't know why people are leaving. Um, sure. And you know, you look at players that have just spent a year of their life, probably the hardest year they've ever had playing basketball. Maybe some want to be closer to home. Maybe yeah. some want more playing time. Maybe some hate Coach Bennett now. I'm not saying that's the case. I don't have any at all any right, inside right. information. I'm saying like when people say, "Oh, why are people leaving?" We don't know, and it honestly doesn't matter to me. Like I'm not going to assign why someone's leaving um, yeah. because it's up to them. They have one chance no, to I'm play college basketball, and it's criticizing up to them. any of them for leaving. They, I'm they saying make their own decisions and that you know, like Marco wishes. Anthony left because mm-hmm. he didn't think that there was going to be the playing time is what I've heard. Like that's, he wanted, and he's done great at Utah state. He got to start. They went to the to the tournament this year, all that stuff. I'm just saying like, I don't think that you can point to, 
I just, I don't, I don't agree. I can see like, I think that there's plenty of previous recruiting success under Bennett's putting in good successful guards that looking at just the time frame leading up to and directly following the national championship, which the first one ever with three guys that left early changed the way that you'd have to fill spots. Yeah, so, but those... I am not in panic mode about recruiting yet. If well, my whole point was those years since that national championship class, you have Kihei who has his ups and downs, but is obviously the most successful of the cards who've come in. Um, you could sigh at ups and downs all you want, but it's just clear. he's just he's clearly the like, and I'm not saying you just like I'm tired of Kihei being the punching bag for every inaccurate like inadequacy for the entire team. Like, it's just, it's exhausting, I think. And I feel bad for, like, people, when people are like, he should transfer. I wish it was so-and-so. Like, that's such crummy stuff to say. And, like, the guy has done, like, last year, like, (laughs) that team last year had no business being second in the ACC. And the reason that they were was largely in part to what Kihei Clark did. Like, I just, I don't have the, I just don't have the patience for, like, the constant no one gets the same scrutiny that he does and i don't yeah it's just exhausting because like people still look at him as a recruiting failure despite leading the team to a national championship (laughs) helping them win second and then first in the acc in two difficult difficult seasons so i just i'm not here for that part of it okay so back to (laughs) to the statement kia is the most successful guard that they've recruited since the ty kai dre Ty Kyle Dre class coming in, right? As far as by any metric. And number two is going to be Beekman, assuming he stays, right? Like he's had sort of this first year, normal first year of a type of guy you want to come in and be the de facto uh, heir apparent, uh, you know, to to the the team. Like he came in, he had some great moments, he hit a bit of a freshman wall, sort of culminates in an amazing game winner that, that gives you hope. Yeah don't let him go anywhere you know no that, yeah, he's... Uh, whatever and apparently that you know i don't know i don't have any inside info on this whatsoever but there's enough message boards chatter saying there's smoke there a little bit that it's got me worried hopefully it's over nothing and we don't Not have to talk message, about it again message board chatter well it's the same chatter that says the same thing about you know jabri and then he leaves well then they can easily say it about everyone like it's it's okay i'm just saying we're both hoping he doesn't leave no and, i don't and want if he leave. does leave then you know i don't know what we're gonna do i have a whole yeah, team of that's... completely new guys i guess yeah that's... anyway those recruiting classes that's a four-year span where we're looking at this dearth of scoring options because it hasn't worked out in recruiting them. That's a big chunk of time. So how are, is the team going to fix that is where we, you know, get to our next point is incoming transfers. Why do we always talk? Here's the thing. I'm way more concerned about what the front court's going to look like. I, I mean, I, we could be concerned about everything at this point. There's no. Well, yeah. Look, I, I have no doubt that they're going to get some really great, tra- like, like you said, the transfer market has actually worked because people say like it never works for. Blah, blah. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, are you forgetting who some of the transfers were? Um, because like Anthony Gill is obviously probably the best success story. Maybe Braxton right, yeah. Braxton, there, yeah, wins a national championship. You know, like. <laughs> I mean, um, even Hauser, you know, it's only a year, yeah. but it's player of the year candidate. Yeah. And, and I, I think they're going to find, they're going to, that's the things like, I don't have any doubt in my mind. They're going to find 
plenty of capable and this season again i just want to reiterate for people like this season is extra weird like most likely mm. you we won't see this type of movement in the transfer market again to this extreme i don't think if mm. anything it will if they keep this yeah, one time transfer with a no sit because yeah. i thought originally that it was any time like for the future open-ended future you had a one-time ability to transfer over your right. career and not have to sit um that might be where they get to but this is just a one time this year if you transfer so again like coming off of like you've seen walker kessler i think unc's had three or four guys go in there you've seen syracuse Florida's had, less five yeah. i think four or five maybe it's four and then man turning pro Syracuse has had three or four guys. I mean, Syracuse right now has three returning players. Uh, Duke had a couple, not the ones going pro, but yeah, uh, Jamin Brakefield left. Yeah. Um, and so this is not, and that's not to excuse like I am not in full panic mode, like blah blah blah. Like this is just what we also haven't fully truly had, I don't think, since 2014, which we call the start of like the real Bennett era after getting his stuff in, is an actual down year because the years that we thought like maybe 2017 and then you talk again about injuries and whatever but like even last year like that team down the stretch was really hitting its stride and finished second even this year with all of the issues like the real tangible issues that they had whether it's ball control or shooting or shot selection or what type of what have you finish first and you can say whatever you want like the ACC was down like but they got it done with the pieces that they had and so I don't think that Virginia fans really know what an actual down year is like. <laughs> and yeah. I, and I'm just saying that to like warn people, I guess, like I, I, having championship expectations is appropriate for Virginia basketball. Like hundred percent. You should expect that most years, like, but if you think that they're going to make the final four every year, I think you're just a little like, I mean, come on, like, it's not, that's hard to do, but you should expect that, like, I just don't, I'm, what I'm saying is like, I don't think that even if they struggle next year because of transfers and other things, that this is like the end of like Tony Bennett's success and the end of Virginia basketball being good. And like all that stuff that I've seen over the past 24 hours, 48 hours with the transfer. That would be a reach. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it just seems like they're going to, oh man, I want them to get the Georgetown kids. So (laughs) like, cause that's what I want. Like, where are you going to find a ready big man? Like, I really like Caden Shedrick. I think that he's going to be a nice finesse guy but they need and oh my i thought someone was trolling me in the comments um after five years of defending jack salt and someone jumps in the comments <laughs> to be like what this team needs is a big like a jack salt and i was like are you kidding me like are you messing with me like <laughs> i spent four years saying that this guy doesn't suck we need him on the team <laughs> like anyway but they need a big guy that can body like a keel or something like that and i don't with walker kessler Dude, Kenny Walker Kessler would down. be amazing. <laughs> um, that would be amazing. I mean, there are a bunch of good fits out there. The ECU uh, wing um, yep. is a is a good scorer. Um, I, you know, I don't really honestly feel like rattling off all yeah, the there's names because there's bunch. too many. And it's yeah. funny to follow the the Twitter uh, tracking of people UVA has reached out to allegedly, uh, and it seems like all the appropriate ones, which is almost everyone, you know, so. Yeah because they have the scholarship and uh uh flexibility roster wise to bring in many people so it'll be really uh, you know how do you do that with 
immediate transfers who are probably transferring because of playing time or playing style, right? Like you can't bring yeah. in five and be like, you're going to be the guy. Um, so maybe you spread it out. Uh, maybe you get uh, hopefully more uh, first years to uh, uh, come in with uh, Mr. Uh, Neely and, uh, and yeah, get- that would be and the other part too, is you, you, these guys now um, all get an extra year of, so whatever it's yeah. that are, in something you read so like again i'll go back to my guy q uh will have from georgetown like he's a junior but he'll still have two years of eligibility so like play right away have two years type thing um so just keep that in mind like they could have an extra year of eligibility i as much as i did i loved i think sam house was great and i think his the timing for him like bless his heart like never got to play in front of a full crowd like all that stuff like sitting a year before everyone gets basically this free pass like um and to play one year and like have to roll like the one year is tough I think just having someone in for one year because of the way the defense is structured and um a lot will also depend on this is all things I said when I said I didn't want to bring the Hauser brothers in because it was holding (laughs) scholarships for not that much production no matter how good they are hmm Um... (laughs) no I remember this conversation vividly (laughs) doing Um... the podcast long enough (laughs) I do remember. I was like, when it happened, I was like, oh man, Pierce is going to have a field day with it. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it was only, it was much better because it was only the the one. Um, so that's only one yeah. scholarship held up yeah. for a guy well, to sit now out we because, have because that team, you know, that coalesced around Mamadi and, and Key and Kihei, they, they needed a Hauser. <laughs> they yeah. needed our Hauser. Oh, so oh, badly. Can you massive. imagine, if, yeah, can you exactly. imagine if that team had Sam? Yeah just so playing anyway. the three like that would have been oh man i mean this team this team you're lurking at a roster that has its veteran point guard who who can't be the leading scorer right no hopefully beekman um or you know fingers crossed beekman who we know we're big fans of yes and hopefully is able to you know be a more um you know serious shooting threat uh but obviously his strength is getting in the lane and that's what we want right like we want this yeah. attacking uh aggressive guard play and you've got murphy hopefully god we, please. you know we haven't heard anything that's about the one yeah that's the one or not he every is time he really posts, good <laughs> every time he posts something on instagram i like take a yeah. breath <laughs> shedrick is a big question mark you know at this yeah. point we we wanted to see what he was bringing this year and it didn't work out for you know injuries some seemed sort of indescript uh i don't know uh, what was going on but for whatever reason it didn't work out um you know kafaro brings what kafaro brings i was a little shocked kafaro is a four-star prospect four-star big guy it's been in the system a long time um, i'm ready i think it's happening i think yeah, he's gonna maybe, be our jack i think he's gonna be the third year jump <laughs> He makes his free throws and he plays oh with aggression, God, yeah, like I keep yeah. saying over and over. So I like I like him, but you know, uh, I just need someone to do that thing where they just constantly throw things at you, like while you're, because like I just want him to like grab like just a little bit more ball well, security. My point is like we can't go in saying like oh Kafara and Shedrick they're going to hold it down in the paint. Like yes. we can't expect that. Maybe it no, works, but maybe, yeah. uh, how you know so yeah exactly like you said we're worried about the front court as much as we're worried if not more about the backcourt um, because all the bench left <laughs> so i i got a couple more personnel questions um the the most pressing one i think is sort of putting a wrap on walden tensei's time um and and Charles, so obviously he had his his 
strong moments, some games where he, he would light it up. Uh, the game winner against Chapel Hill last year, obviously a big time moment. Um, a few games this season where, where they really relied on, on a shooting spark. And that seemed to fade uh, towards the end of the, the season and particularly d- didn't get much of a run against Ohio. No, um, And I think that's because Casey played was looked yeah. as comfortable and as good as he did. Cause Casey's a better defender. I think, Tomas definitely got better at defense like most players do Virginia. Yeah. um but it was one of those you kind of it felt at times like they saw which one tried to throw them both in saw which one was feeling it more that day and rode that player um and I don't know I just it's a weird I like that kid man well, like yeah Carolyn we we both like all the players <laughs> it's gonna be you know it, it's a difference there <laughs> <laughs> between that and i want i want to see him play 30 minutes a game because i think he's going to help us win a championship (laughs) if he does so we need those level guys and and could tomas i mean it it, because we relied so heavily on him uh last year uh and and often he produced it was i think just sort of a yeah again a numbers crunch a rotation crunch but it, it, it was too bad that we didn't get to see that type of level of play yeah. from him this year for whatever the reasons, you know, some of that is Beekman. Some of that is, is the minutes Kihei plays is take me breaks. Right. You know? Well, um, I think, yeah. And that was part of the mass exodus after 2019 that mm-hmm. they needed to find someone um, that could play immediately. That could fulfill like that, that, three role um with both ty and kyle and well all three of them yeah all three of them at different times i think could fulfill that three role um and so that's where you know i don't know that the plan was ever to play him as much this year um with the players that they were going to end up having coming in mm-hmm. but um so it, it's weird because you know it's, I, I that's how i always kind of thought about it um but there are you know folks that are like where was tomorrow and you know that question's legitimate too so it's just kind of um i don't know what he i mean the conversation or the stuff from bennett makes it sound like all three seniors jay sam and tomas were all leaving um we obviously haven't seen anything and there's also the, the wrinkle of to assume yeah but yeah there's also the wrinkle for him of um you know where does he go because <laughs> again the pandemic has you know that's where so there's rumors that jose alvarado is coming back to georgia tech right gotcha. and gotcha. part of this is around a lot of the players that could go make money somewhere playing overseas can't go right now because uh, of everything going on okay, in the travel gotcha. restrictions yeah. so a lot of them or some of them people think might come back to college and use that extra year because why not like you just have another chance to get better and play especially if nil stuff passes that's all been discussed then you could potentially also make a little bit of money your last <laughs> year in school then go concept. right <laughs> and then go um you know play for a team in italy or something like yeah. that next year so I, I don't know that that's necessarily applies to tomas or anything but um it could be a reason where i don't know he might come i don't know we could might come back we haven't it's, heard from jay yet jake <laughs> yeah, right. jay's like i just live here now yeah um, he's, he's just gonna forever. morph into an assistant coach and we're like did he ever leave <laughs> So they've got Tane Murray, uh, who's, you know, highly touted international uh, recruit. Um, and then they've got the McCorkle and the Horkle on, on the bench this year. <laughs> yes. So uh, both those guys apparently are capable shooters. So there you go. Maybe maybe one of them uh, slides in as an answer to, to the 
questions. I mean, again, it's like six different questions yeah. on the <laughs> roster. So we're going to need a lot more answers from uh, the transfer pool. Uh, and yeah. so are most other schools. So do yeah. not listen to this and think that the sky is falling on UVA. Uh, if it is a little, it is a little on everyone. So, yeah, you know, yeah, that's probably. except Gonzaga, um, who yeah, they... seems to <laughs> be in good shape. If we are still sky is falling, or we're you know check back in in like September, <laughs> or Beekman leaves, in which case, oh, God, and then which case I'll I'm, just cry. I'm just coming back on to, to talk for 45 minutes by myself <laughs> about what's wrong with the fact that we don't have any basketball players left anymore oh, uh, yeah. do you have any eligibility peers maybe uh, he's no I'm, you know, how are your handles can you get to good. the rim no. <laughs> <laughs> i'm one for one on three point shots on the floor of the jpj there we go <laughs> you know <laughs> see that's i took my shot hit a what is one what of the reporters who was sitting there said it's just that easy and i said yep and then that was it all right what does titus always say if you're shooting 60 percent, you should be shooting 40 percent because you should be taking enough <laughs> shots that you get back down <laughs> makes sense for sure but i you know i think like like i was saying earlier it just it it's going to be interesting to see what type of players they bring in yeah um because maybe they i don't know maybe they bring in more of that like a ball handler a three-point shooter and le- le- less of the like the entire offense revolves around you to handle and score yeah type. I, you know I don't I don't think that's the preference but it seems to be like what has uh, worked historically for Virginia so um, I don't know we, we, we we'll wrap it up here uh, thank you for listening to, <laughs> to us lament and not know the answers to things because we don't know any of them yet so hopefully you're turning in for inside info but as, as hey, you Lax can hear beat Notre see, Dame that was good hey lacrosse won a game and I feel like baseball's won a game at some point <laughs> we'll try it's not a series we've Um, we've heard you folks we're trying to we'll get some will will keeps ducking us to come on he doesn't want to talk about the baseball (laughs) team um because he's too mad um but no yeah the lacrosse lacrosse i mean this is classic lacrosse is like they they play the best teams over and over and they're gonna win Mm -hmm. some of them and lose some others and when do we play duke uh, not for a couple no, weeks, at least. Uh, that, it's Richmond, but... then UNC, and then Chalk up that lost to Duke. Uh, there you go. Yeah, April 15th after after uh, the UNC game. So hey, hopefully that's... this is the end of the bad roster news for the Who's. Hopefully, fingers crossed, not to There wood. should be. But uh, should be the, the good news being that all that can really come now is good news. Or I guess an, a, a lack of good news would then inherently be bad news because it would mean they have no players. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, the leaving <laughs> that's hurts. That's worst case scenario. The leaving hurts, but I could really use, like, a nice, like, incoming right exactly. now. Just to, like, make me feel. And granted, I know, like, players are probably like, oh, I'm going to feel it out see what who calls me but i could really use like a nice like na- like nab that ecu guard like just one of those you know like maybe a little well we're out of like okay i'm expecting big things guys because they <laughs> all left so we need some guys to expect big things from uh it really was those three i mean yeah. like that's the the, the I expect tragic comedy Reese, but yeah no, you're no, right yeah. like beekman Be- slides right in i mean he yeah. he, he was he already can be playing. the star yeah. of, of this team 
I get what you're saying though. Like Casey, each one where it's like Casey felt so close to that breakthrough and McCoy, I was like, he was like my guy to watch this season right. where I was like, look, this guy like is gonna, you know, and it had those, everyone called it like qualities similar to Akil, um, to Akil, to Isaiah Wilkins. Um, and then obviously Jabri, like, you know, and it just didn't blue work chip out. recruit, right? So yeah. we, we hoped, we hoped, we hoped. So we'll hope for different <laughs> what we people. we get for hoping. Right, exactly. So, um, but uh, that news could break at any time. So stay tuned to streakingalon.com and uh, we'll be back once that news breaks to talk about our thoughts about that breaking news, hopefully. <laughs> All right. Till then, for everyone with the blog, uh, go hoops. 